With Democrat candidates leaving the field and endorsing Joe Biden in an effort to stop the rise of Bernie Sanders before Super Tuesday, Bernie Sanders has announced that he, too, will endorse Joe Biden in the hope of preventing himself from becoming president. In a speech made to a dream world filled with the ghosts of people slaughtered by Joseph Stalin, Sanders said, quote, It has become more and more apparent to me that I am out of my mind and should not be allowed anywhere near the presidency of the United States. There are some who say I should not receive the nomination because I can't beat Donald Trump, but I reject that entirely. I should not receive the nomination because, in fact, I might beat him, and what a disaster that would be. I can just see myself celebrating my new literacy program while millions of people die or are thrown in prison or are relegated to a life of hopelessness and poverty. Somebody has to stop that from happening, and since it won't be me because I'm a lunatic, I'm throwing my endorsement to Joe Biden, senile buffoon though he is, unquote. With Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar suspending their candidacies, the race now boils down to the far left lane with Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the babbling old man lane dominated by Joe Biden, and of course, the second-rate Donald Trump lane, which is empty until you look down and surprise, there's Michael Bloomberg. Elizabeth Warren wanted to make a speech to a gathering of make-believe Indians, but she couldn't get a reservation, so instead she released a statement through a series of smoke signals followed by a flaming arrow shot into a settler's door with a note attached. Warren said she had so far decided not to suspend her campaign because her unbridled desire for power had caused her to bury her fingernails so deep into any small small chance she had of winning, she had not been able to pry them loose. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. Hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. There's an amazing video being circulated on TikTok, and to be honest, I didn't comment on it right away because I thought it might be a satire, but from everything I can discover, it's actually for real. The video comes from the city of Ulu in Finland. The town launched a 2.5 million euro project to combat the rape crisis there. That's about $2.8 million. The rape crisis in Finland is really a migrant rape crisis, which is really a Muslim rape crisis, which has arisen throughout Europe because of the unbridled influx of migrants whose version of the Islamic religion regards women as chattel. In Ulu, this took the shape of a major scandal in which Muslim men were caught grooming little girls, girls under 15, for sexual slavery. The creeps were convicted and given insanely light sentences in the two to four year range. So to combat that, the city of Ulu spent its millions and put out this video of town council representatives doing an anti-rape dance. Here it is. Stop, don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. You really don't know whether to laugh or scream, but whichever, this is a perfect illustration of the narcissistic solipsism of the left. Solipsism is the philosophy that only the self exists, and right now, all leftist thought is in fact solipsistic. According to the solipsistic left, these Muslim migrants couldn't possibly be raping women because they have their own philosophy, which holds women to be objects for sexual use. It must be because of something we did, something we can fix by, for instance, 
dancing around like a bunch of idiots. There's a lot of reality out there that doesn't change just because you think it should. There are only two sexes, and the sexes tend to be different. That doesn't change because you declare it isn't so. There's a new twisted idea that, quote, general preference is transphobic, that you're transphobic if you're only attracted to the opposite sex, as if sexual desire had some other evolutionary purpose besides getting us to make babies. That's all it's there for. We, can, we can't just declare the physical world is other than it is. Socialism doesn't work because people are ambitious and greedy. If you harness that, you get wealth. And if you deny it, you get stagnation and poverty. Almost everything the left says is an attempt to redefine the truth of human reality by fiat and bullying and pretending it's otherwise, as if that changed anything. This is why we can't allow ourselves to be bullied. We can't allow the truth to be silenced, even when the truth is ugly. It's not just an offense against human liberty. It's a recipe for disaster. We will talk about uh, that. We're going to talk about how that plays in to Super Tuesday, which is today. We'll have a talk with a lesbian YouTuber who finally walked away from alphabet radicalism. But first, we will talk about my beautiful watch, my Ventura watch. I love my Ventura watch. I really, I wear it all the time now. If you are looking to upgrade your look, but you don't want to throw away money on a cheap cookie cutter watch that doesn't get you noticed, Ventura understands the frustrations of online shopping, so they make it easy by offering free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. It's stress-free shopping with fair and honest prices, and they just look nice. They really do. You don't have to pretend. You can just have a nice-looking watch. Head over to VinceroWatches.com slash Clavin. Check out my favorite picks and take advantage of my special discount while you shop, but remember to use the code Clavin, no matter who you are, what your job is, how old you are, or where you live, there will always be an occasion when you'll want to look your best, whether for dates, interviews, weddings, nights out, interviews, or whatever else comes your way. Don't overpay for a watch that's cheap and it's underwhelming. That you're, this is a timepiece you'll use and a piece that will last. Get the year started the right way. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Clavin and use my code Clavin for a discount at checkout. Don't pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Use my code Clavin at checkout. You can look at your watch and say, how do you spell Clavin? There are no Clavin. And now that you know how to spell Clavin, go over and buy the second volume of Another Kingdom, the Another Kingdom trilogy. The Nightmare Feast is out today. It's about Austin Lively. He used to be, as many of you know, he used to be an out-of-luck Hollywood screenwriter. He walked through a door and found himself in a magical medieval world of Galeana where he was the chosen hero, much to his dismay. Experience the fantasy adventure that captivated and entertained hundreds of thousands of listeners. You've heard the podcast. Now get the book today on Amazon. Really do. It really is a good book. It's beautifully, beautifully made. You'll love having it on your shelf and you can read it again and again with the first volume. This is the second volume in Another Kingdom, The Nightmare Feast. So the Democrats are now doing everything they can to get Joe Biden ahead in Super Tuesday, right? He won uh, South Carolina. They want to capitalize on that and push him forward and get Bernie Sanders out of the way. And Joe is trying to step up by pushing a good old-fashioned uh, uh, American values like the Declaration of Independence. Do we have Joe Biden reciting from that? All these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the, you know the thing. 
<laughs> they, were all, they were all created by, uh, well, by you know the things. So that is the guy they're pushing instead of Bernie Sanders. And Trump is just going nuts. Trump, Trump has got to be the funniest president we have ever had. And he is just trolling these guys like crazy. He came out, this is cut number seven. This is his response to that. Young, vibrant man. I look at Joe. I don't know about him. I don't know. <laughs> and that smile, that smile on his face. It is really something to watch this. This guy, I, I mean, I have to say, this guy, is Trump, he is genuinely funny. I mean, it is not, he's mean, he's sometimes rude, but he is really funny. And as I've said, he has to be rude because the Democrats can afford to be polite because they're media will do the character assassination for them. And the best thing now about the Democrat Party and the Democrat nominees are just that they are great foils for Trump. That is the best thing about him. Super Tuesday is here. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a super field day for Donald Trump because he just has so much to mock. There's the little guy, there's the com- the old guy, <laughs> and there's the doddering fool. And unless somebody steps in quick, a dark horse, to save them, I really think the best thing about this campaign is going to be the jokes from Donald Trump. And we're going to take a look at some of those as we approach Super Tuesday and talk about what we think is going to happen next. But whatever it is, it'll be worth a laugh. All right. So here we have the Democrat primaries. And, and you know, the Democrats are like basically thinking, gee, what's happening to us is the same thing that happened to the Republicans in 2016. So we should do, we should learn a lesson from that and stop it from happening. So we get together and we can stop Bernie Sanders from winning. What they forget is that when Donald Trump, in fact, did win, when the establishment didn't want him to win, not only, not only did he win the main election, but he also transformed the, the Republican Party in such a way that I think the party is now a viable party. The party was a dying party. It was a party that was basically looking at demographics and saying, how can we appease uh, illegal immigrants so a couple of uh, Mexicans will vote for us? That's basically what they were saying. Now he's taken all that off the table. I mean, think about this for a minute. The gay issue no longer matters. Gay people like Trump. Why shouldn't they like Trump? He's appointed the first gay cabinet member. He has been completely friendly toward, uh, you know, the non-crazy version of the gay movement, you know, just letting, treating people as people. He's black people can like him if they will like him. He's given them jobs. He's created jobs in their neighborhoods. He treats them just like everybody else, which is the way you end prejudice, right? You treat people just like everybody else. You don't sit around and go, oh, we've got to pay you back for slavery, which happened before you were born. You just say, hey, just like everybody else, you need a shot. You need a chance. Get, take your shot. Take your chances in America. You can be anything you want to be. That's what Trump does. It is the right thing. So now there are 14 states uh, having primaries. I think it is one third of the delegates are up for grabs. So the Democrats think, well, what we're all going to do is we're going to drop out. Buttigieg has dropped out and Amy Klobuchar dropped out. You heard that was going to happen first here. You heard it. Happen, you heard that here before you heard it anywhere else, because this is where tomorrow comes to rehearse. We give you tomorrow's news today. So now Pete Buttigieg, both of them have endorsed uh, Biden. Here is Pete Buttigieg endorsing Biden. We made it clear that the whole idea was about rallying the country together to defeat Donald Trump and to win the era for the values that we share. And that was always a goal that was much bigger than me becoming president. And it is in the name of that very same goal that I'm delighted to endorse and support Joe Biden for president. <laughs> 
We need a politics that's about decency, a politics that brings back dignity. And that is what we sought to practice in my campaign. That's what Joe Biden has been practicing his entire life. This is, as far as Trump is concerned, great opportunity to troll. This is uh, cut 13. Buttigieg just went out and said something, and probably they'll say, hey, look, if I win, I'll put you in the administration. That's called quid pro quo, right? Quid pro quo. And they probably said, hey, listen, uh, if I win, I'll give you an endorsement, but will you take me in the administration? Now, I'm sure like I'm sure nothing like that has ever happened, right? <laughs> He's trolling him. And not only is he trolling him, like Biden is now playing his straight man, right? He says he says Buttigieg is endorsing him because he's going to get a role in the administration. Here's uh, cut 25. I did speak to Pete Buttigieg um, a couple days ago to encourage him to stay engaged because he has enormous talent. And I indicated to him that if I became the nominee, I'd be coming and ask him to be part of an administration, to be engaged in moving things forward. <laughs> it's like Biden is just living out Trump's sense of humor. Trump is joking and saying it's all politics going on behind the scenes. And uh, Biden is saying, yeah, that's what's happening. I offered him a job. And so he endorsed me. And hopefully that'll help me uh, get a little higher up in the Super Tuesday sweepstakes. But at least he's he's ready. At least Biden is ready for the day. This is cut 22. Look, tomorrow's Super Tuesday. And I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so now Trump, Trump again. This is just—it's just all for Trump. It all is—he's its like it's like Abbott and Costello. He's just a straight man for Trump. Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? <laughs> so there's cut six is uh, Trump's response. Voters in states across the nation will head to the polls for Super Tuesday, not Super Thursday. Oh, he said, Super Thursday, you can't do these things. Can you imagine if I said Super Thursday, it would be over, right? It would be over. No matter how good you are, certain things you can't, as an example, name like Sleepy Joe. He's constantly naming the wrong state. It's great to be in the state of Ohio. No, 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 I'm sorry, you're in North Carolina. No, no. Joe, do you ever see him run up with a sign? No, no, North Carolina, Joe. Once that happens, you might as well leave the stage because it's a disaster no matter how good it is. The the other thing, the reason Trump is so funny is because all this stuff is is not just true. It's true that if Trump did it, it would be the news for days. And with Biden, it's like nothing. It just doesn't exist. It's fine. The president, you know, the president will be he will be a wonderful president of the country where we were all created by by, you know, that thing with that. What's that thing? What is uh, Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> it's like if if Trump did any of this, I mean, all Trump has to do is fumble a word. All he has to do is stutter. And they go on, you know, Rick Wilson will be on uh, MSNBC or wherever he's on saying that, oh, he has obviously has dementia and has to be taken away. And we need we need to, you know, get the article. What is it? The article 25. We've got to get him out of get him out of office. So not only is Biden, not only is Biden talking like a doddering old man, but he's also making what I think are political errors. So he has he has Beto O'Rourke on. Remember Beto O'Rourke? Beto O'Rourke comes out of whatever peyote he's eating and he visits a Biden rally because they're all back in Biden now. They're all trying to push him. It's like pushing him up that hill to get him past Bernie. 
And uh, and Biden says he's going to let. Well, he, listen, listen to this. This is cut number four. I want to make something clear. I'm going to guarantee you this is not the last year seen of this guy. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. Beto, <laughs> the guy whose who's campaign virtually was ended by the fact that he said, hell yes, we're going to take your guns away. Hell yes, we're going to take your automatic weapons away. Then this is the, the sort of so Biden is not even politically on top of it. You know, uh, Bloomberg was on, did, to his credit, did a Fox News town hall, and he got confronted on this issue, too, about guns, because Bloomberg is also a major, major anti-gun guy. Uh, and here's Bloomberg getting caught on that. Justify pushing for more gun control when you have an armed security detail that is likely equipped with the same firearms and magazines that you seek to ban the common citizen from owning. Does your life matter more than mine or my family's or these people's? Uh, I probably get 40 or 50 threats every week, okay? And some of them are real. That just happens when you're the mayor of New York City or you're very wealthy and and if you're campaigning for uh, president of the United States, you get lots of threats. And here's... Here's Trump at CPAC talking about Bloomberg. It's cut number eight. But uh, she was really mean to Minnie Mike. I'll tell you, the way she treated her. He didn't know what hit him. He's going, oh, get me off of this stage. Get me off. Get me off of this stage. Little Michael will fail. If you're not watching that, he squats down so only his head is peeking over the top of the podium. It is brutal, brutal stuff. Here's what I think is going to happen. I actually think because of the South Carolina win that Biden's going to get a little momentum. And this is just a guess. So I don't know anything any more than anybody else. It's the future. Nobody knows what it is. But yeah, I think that Biden is going to get a bit, bit of a push, which is going to he may not mean that he wins the states. But remember, delegates are apportioned under the Democrat rules so that it means that it probably will not be uh, conclusive. Super Tuesday will probably not be conclusive. That's what everybody's sort of saying. It's all going to go one way or the other. But I don't think so. I think it may be conclusive for Bloomberg, because if he doesn't have a showing, he's, he'll, we will have spent half a billion dollars and gotten nothing out of it. But if it's not conclusive between Biden and Bloomberg and it just will continue on, then a lot of it is going to be uh, in Warren's hands. She's probably going to start negotiating for the VP spot there. And that's what I think is going to happen going forward. And maybe, again, the whole dark horse of it all. But the reason I think, you know, Molly Hemingway wrote about this in The Federalist. The reason I think the Democrats are making a mistake. Here's what's going on on TikTok with young voters. This is happening a lot. This is cut number one. So they don't they don't want Bernie. He is not the establishment, but he may be the future of the Democrat Party in the same way that Donald Trump was the future of the Republican Party. And the establishment didn't want him either. They are just learning the wrong thing. They should maybe sit back and say maybe it's time for the establishment to take its uh, hands off power and let the new generation come forward. Should be interesting. We'll take a look more at Bernie in just a second. But first, let us talk about legacy box. You know, I have this problem. I've never been much of a photographer. I like to be in the moment, so I don't take pictures. When I do take pictures, I like to save them. I like to have them around. And now with all these digital cameras, you take them on your phone and it's just 
easy for them to disappear. But Legacy Box is a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process from start to finish is easy. Just pack it up, send it over. Their team digitizes everything by hand, and then you receive perfectly preserved digital copies on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud, ready to watch, share, or enjoy. Plus, they keep you up to date with regular email updates throughout the digitizing process. Process Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos and has helped over 750,000 families digitalize their past. Don't let this stuff just disappear because that's what happens. Your computer breaks, you lose your phone, whatever, and all that stuff can be gone. The cloud disappears. Get started preserving your past today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash to get an incredible 40% off your first order. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash and save 40% while supplies last so you can always remember how you spell Claven. There are no easy. There are no easy It's K-L-A-V-A-N. You know, let's talk about Bernie for a minute. We, we keep focusing on Bernie's plan to destroy the economy, but you forget about the fact that he can destroy the entire world if he's president. You know, and the way he, the things he believes are just as disturbing to the world order in the same way that Obama just made a total total mess of our international relations, which Trump has now managed to straighten out, despite all the screaming and yelling. According to a recent Gallup poll, Americans are more satisfied with the position of the U.S. in the world today than any time since February 2003. Okay, so any time since right after 9-11, they are uh, more, they are happier with our relationship with the world. And Walter Russell Mead, you know, I really like Walter Russell Mead. He's the guy who writes the international column uh, in the Wall Street Journal every week. I, I, uh, I say he's the new Krauthammer because he just has a lot of insight, a lot of a, a very level head. You know, he doesn't uh, take one side or the other too much. He wrote a column today about what is going to happen on the international scene if Bernie Sanders becomes president. He says, what would a Bernie Sanders presidency, it's called Lookout World, it's Bernie. What, what would a Bernie Sanders presidency mean for U.S. foreign policy? Observers around the world are beginning to ask this question as the socialist senator leads his rivals for the Democratic nomination. In Tehran, Iran, right, hopes for Sanders' presidency are high. Like his more centrist Democratic rivals, Mr. Sanders believes that the Trump administration's abandonment of the Iran nuclear deal was both a political and moral mistake. Sanders' administration diplomats would be quick to reach out to Tehran and the Europeans to restore the Iran deal and increase Iran's access to world markets. Given the frequent criticism Mr. Sanders and his leading advisors level at anti-Iran powers in the Middle East, particularly Israel, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates, his White House would almost certainly look for ways to reduce U.S. arms sales and military aid to these countries, giving Iran's regional ambitions a substantial boost. Sanders even has an ad out hitting Joe Biden on foreign policy because Joe Biden backed uh, the Iraq war. Uh, here it is. Here's just a clip. Of what some in my party might think, Iraq was a problem that had to be dealt with. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. We thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't. But I never believed what Cheney and Bush said about Iraq. I'm an Iraq veteran. I shipped to Iraq exactly six days after the war started. As a veteran, I didn't see a lot of Trump children or other rich kids in the military. The military is all people from middle class and lower middle class backgrounds. Those are the people that go to fight the wars. I remember all the ginning up towards the war in Iraq, and I see the same thing now. Soleimani was plotting 
imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel. We have every expectation that people not only in Iraq, but in Iran, will view the American action last night as giving them freedom. Well, I support Bernie Sanders because he doesn't take money from the defense contractors. He hasn't been meeting with people to start the wars. He's been meeting with people to fight the wars. So that is a really interesting ad because it really is a, an insight into Sanders' mind uh, such whatever's left of it, which is that he conflates the Iraq war with the killing of Soleimani, which is a really fascinating and stupid. Uh, uh, you know, he's basically saying no, no foreign wars, but that's absurd. Obviously, it's it's obvious that killing Soleimani made Americans safer. It didn't involve U.S. troops on the ground. It didn't uh, become the disaster everybody predicted it was going to become. Of course it didn't. And it has really put the Iranian guard on its back uh, heels. It really has put them set them back because the guy, Soleimani, was a very good terrorist. He was good at being a terrorist, and Trump killed him. So that has nothing to do with the Iraq war, which also, by the way, was a logical uh, idea of the Iraq war. It was just badly done. If, if um, Bush had gone in there with his surge immediately and with overwhelming force immediately, uh, it might have been a very simple process. But instead, he went in hoping for a light footstep and then had to reassemble the country, which is what made it such a disaster. So... Anyway, Walter Russell Mead goes on in this um, kind of looking forward to what um, Sanders would do if he got in, what he would do on the international scene if he got into office. He says, Mr. Sanders was also helped the Kremlin. And this is important because this is really subtle. He says, Sanders officials would likely denounce Russia both for its presumed past support for Donald Trump and its record on human rights. But on balance, Russia stands to benefit immensely from the implementation of the Sanders program. A ban on fracking and large reductions in U.S. energy production would offer Vladimir Putin a badly needed financial and political windfall. We don't think about this enough. We don't think about the fact that our fracking movement, which has done so much to put us ahead on the production of, uh, of energy, really has put, made a, created an emergency for Putin. You know, they keep saying, they keep saying these things like, you know, Putin, the Russians are planning to spread disinformation and lies to uh, set us against each other during the election. And I thought the Americans are planning to do that too. We're all planning to do that. That's what an election is like. That's not really going to hurt us. But if the Russians are able, you know, it's a, um, it's a petro tyranny. If they are able to become the major source of, of energy again, uh, they will be have a lot more power than they have now. I mean, Putin is living on borrowed time as long as we're fracking and producing enough energy to supply our needs and the needs of some of our allies. He goes on to say, at the same time, reductions in American military spending and a renewed quest for arms control would likely relieve Russia's military cost burden substantially. The overall result would be to strengthen Russia's position vis-a-vis -vis the U.S. and Europe. For Beijing, the Sanders administration would be a mixed blessing. Like Mr. Trump, Mr. Sanders wouldn't hesitate to use trade restrictions to pressure Beijing. On the other hand, stringent cuts to U.S. military spending would likely tilt the balance of power toward China. Barack Obama was a complete incompetent when it came to foreign policy. Sanders would be worse. It is because of the solipsism. It's because they think things change because they demand that they change or that they say they're different than they are. Bernie Sanders is a solipsistic person. He's a person who believes that his internal vision is somehow, somehow trumps the world as it is. That is exactly what Obama thought. Obama thought, well, I, you know, I understand, you know, if I treat the Muslim people this way, the Muslim people will become that way. He never accepted that they were full, complete human beings with a philosophy of their own that might have been, in some cases, antithetical to uh, the U.S. philosophy. 
Donald Trump is trolling Sanders. He keeps saying, you know, they're trying to take you out, Bernie. They're getting up against you. And uh, Anderson Cooper actually asked uh, Bernie about this, and Bernie would not answer. Have we got that clip? President Trump uh, questioned last night the timing of Buttigieg's withdrawal, tweeting in part, this is the real beginning of the Dems taking Bernie out of play. No nomination again. He also tweeted this afternoon, quote, they are staging a coup against you. Is he right? You know what? I really wish that the president of the United States might kind of spend his time doing his job. Maybe, just maybe, he might want to worry about the coronavirus. <laughs> this is classic, Sanders. He goes on the attack. He never answers the questions he doesn't want to answer. He just goes on the attack against uh, Trump. And that works with his followers, because if his followers weren't ignorant young people, they wouldn't be following him in the first place. But I will say this for him. He is not disavowing his failed philosophy. This is cut 19. Your co-chair, uh, Congressman Ro Khanna, uh, told the Wall Street Journal that he's been trying to convince you to portray yourself differently as a successor of Franklin Roosevelt and as a, a new dealer. Do you ever regret labeling yourself a democratic socialist? No, I am what I am. I am what I am, like Popeye. And he is what he is. And it's uh, it really is a, a, an amazing thing to see the Democrat uh, chickens come home to roost. I mean, that's basically what it is. They've been preaching slow motion socialism for a long time. Like every revolution, every revolution starts with a little bit of give, a little bit of a request, a little, you know, give us this, give us that. We're not going to go down the slippery slope. And then this, you hit the slippery slope and down you go. And so all Sanders is doing and the reason Sanders is working and the reason he's ahead is all Sanders is doing is saying what the Democrats have been saying for a long time. And he's saying it without apology and he's saying it without tricks. Obama won the first election by running as a centrist. He was lying and everybody knew he was lying when he said, I don't support gay marriage. Nobody attacked him. Why? Because everybody knew he was lying. But ultimately, ultimately, a new generation comes along and they say, why are we lying about this? If this is good, since like all our professors told us it's good and all the TV shows told us it's good and all the actors on the Oscars told us it's good and all the movies we see and everything we watch on YouTube tells us the socialism is good. Why are we pretending? This is Michael Moore. Michael Moore has had a tremendous influence with people who believe in this stuff. He's he's lamenting the fact he doesn't understand quite fairly why the Democrat Party is turning on their frontrunner. This is cut 20. I think they're falling in line. They're not thinking tonight about who can stop Donald Trump. They're thinking about who can stop Bernie Sanders. And it's sad to see that. And it's sad for anybody to be thinking about voting uh, for Biden because they're afraid. They're, they're, mm. they're voting out of fear. If you're afraid of Trump now, if right. that's what really is behind this, that if you go, if you vote for a candidate that we take fear into the general election, running on fear, we will lose to Trump if we will vote on fear. You know, he may well be right. I think I believe Bernie will lose as well. But he is certainly right that they ought to take their shot. They don't take their shot because at least half of them were lying about socialism. At least half of them were just buying your votes. At least half of the Democrat Party were just buying your votes by offering a program here and a program there. They certainly didn't mean that they would lose their private jets. Bernie doesn't mean that he's going to lose his private jet. No socialist ever really means that he is the one who's going to lose the privileges and the power. It is always the uh, the guy at the top in a socialist society always has everything he needs. He's got the palace. He's got the private jets. He's got everything. It's just everybody else who is equal in misery. All right. Let us talk about uh, NetSuite. 
NetSuite is the way to keep track of your business. If you're not keeping track of what your business is doing, you're not keeping track of business. And the problem is there's so many different programs, so many different places where you put the stuff, uh, that the numbers that you need to know what's going on. NetSuite brings them all together. Successful companies know that in order to grow faster, they have to have the right tools. So whether you're doing a million, 10 million, or hundreds of millions in revenue like me, <laughs> NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools you need to accelerate your growth. With NetSuite, you get a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place right from your phone or computer. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Clavin. That's netsuite.com slash Clavin, netsuite.com slash Clavin. That's why the first thing you need to know is how you spell Clavin. The failing New York Times, which is like so bad. <laughs> what the hell was that? That's not how you spell Clavin. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. K-L-A-V-A-N. They drink back there. That's what happens. They're drinking. Super Tuesday. It is Super Tuesday, and that calls for super savings. The Democrats are ready to nominate a socialist. <laughs> They're all kind of socialists, but the, the, uh, the most obvious socialist is Bernie Sanders, and we know that all of you are not millionaires and billionaires, so right now we are offering you 25% off all Daily Wire membership plans using coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Those savings will come in handy for you just in case on the off chance that Bernie is elected and completely destroyed. <laughs> the economy, you'll still have a couple of bucks to bribe your way into Canada. This deal will not last forever, so be sure to act now before it's too late. Daily Wire members get an ad-free website experience, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, including The Andrew Clavin Show, the full three hours of The Ben Shapiro Show, access to the mailbag where all your problems are solved, and now exclusive election insight op-eds from Ben. Join us for special events like tomorrow's Super Tuesday episode. That's today's Super Tuesday episode. This is yesterday's copy for crying out loud. We'll be breaking down and covering all of the Super Tuesday election updates in real time. As a member, you can ask questions that we will answer on the backstage live stream. Along with all of this, of course, you get the one and only Leftist Tears Tumblr. And if you haven't already, download the Daily Wire app so you can get all of our great content on the go. 25% off on Daily Wire memberships for all plans using coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Super Tuesday calls for super savings, so head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. This deal does not last forever, so act now before it's too late. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. All right, we have got a guest coming up. Come on over to dailywire.com. Oh, should I read this? Are we still doing this? Yes. Tell us who you think will win the Democratic nomination by texting either Biden, Bernie, Bloomberg, or Warren. Text it to 83400. This will be for tonight's Daily Wire backstage. We'll analyze the results. Text to 83400, Biden, Bernie, Bloomberg, or Warren to 83400. All right, come on over to dailywire.com. Ariel Scarcella is a YouTuber with over 600,000 subscribers to her channel. It's focused on the LGBT community, women, culture, and more. Her video, I'm a lesbian woman and I'm leaving the insane progressive left, hit the internet a few weeks ago and blew up. Here is just the first minute of that video. I'm not one of them. Hi, 
I'm Arielle. I'm a lesbian. And I don't think gender is a social construct. I don't think cis straight white men are evil. I don't believe that genital preferences are transphobic or that there are 97 genders. I don't think that male sex offenders belong in women's prisons. I don't think it's normal for people to be praised for walking around with shirts that say kill turfs. I don't think like these people. And I no longer want to be associated with them. I've reached peak LGBT. This is my coming out video. Never in my life have I been more cancelled, tortured, tormented, harassed than by members of my own community. Never have I witnessed literal mentally ill individuals who are latching themselves onto the LGBT community without actually being LGBT for the sake of oppression points, external validation, and sympathy. Never have I seen such disrespect from younger LGBT people to the older lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender advocates who have been paving the way for us for longer than we've all been alive. Never have I seen people that use the word bigot so frequently. Ariel Scorsella, are you there? Ariel? Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I, I know it takes courage to associate with people like me. Uh, even my wife doesn't like to do it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of people say that to, to the people that I've been, you know, doing interviews with. But I, I think it's great that you're giving you're giving me the opportunity to reach a different audience. And I, I should be grateful and not not and not like afraid, you know. Well, thank you. We're, we're really differently. We're really happy you're here. Uh, tell me, what what was it? Was it one thing, one day that tore this for you, or was it just a slow accretion over time? Oh, it was definitely definitely a slow buildup. But I think the 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 main thing that I when I went to um, I went to Vegas recently about a, about two three weeks ago, right before I came to Sydney, and I met up with these two YouTube friends of mine. Um, one of them had never, well, one YouTube friend of mine and a friend of hers, so a friend of a friend. And the person that had never seen my content before just went on my Twitter and saw, um, you know, that it said women empowerment and LGBT. And they automatically, we met, we met in person, we went out to dinner and she said, you know, I, I'm so happy that you're so chill in person because I saw that you had, you know, a rainbow flag in your bio and I thought you were one of those crazy people. And I was like, God, like that's like it, it, I have to tell I have to tell people that I'm not one of those crazy people. <laughs> like that that's how insane. Like that straight people are seeing even how crazy this is getting, you know. And it, that's it's it's really it's, affecting. it's troubling to those of you know I I have been a, a supporter of gay people since literally before you were born, and people were always saying to me, no no, once you open that door, there's this terrible slippery slope, and right at this minute. It looks like they were right. I mean, it looks like there is this terrible slippery slope. Does it have to be that way? Yeah, I, I, that's the thing, though. I think I don't think that the majority uh, um, of LGBT of actual LGBT people that yeah. are older want anything to do with this. They're just terrified because of you know they're terrified of things happening like what happened to me at Mardi Gras. Like you know, my event got got um, booted off of the Mardi Gras events page. Because like a thousand people were like, oh, this is the worst person. You can't have her on, you know, uh, speaking for Mardi Gras, especially not in my home country of Australia, da, da, da. And it's like, it's okay to disagree with somebody, but if it's, it's not okay to deplatform them because there are so many people that I'm speaking up for that agree with everything I say, including a number of trans people, a lot of trans people. They usually happen to be way older not way older, but, you know, they're, you know older than 25. Um, <laughs> for me, that's older. The Internet, you know, this is full of young little kids these days. Um, but most of the people that are making us look foolish, in my opinion, are, are very young, very, very entitled. 
most of the time, in my opinion, aren't even LGBT. They're just young kids that are that are expressing their they're expressing um, it's like gender expression. Not even it doesn't even have to do with you know, actual gender. Um, so they just want to dress differently, and I think that's great. But then they're they're coming onto the scene and and telling everybody else how to be quote queer, even though I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. That word. Aside from the uh, the thing at the Mardi Gras, I mean, is this? Do you feel that this move is going to threaten the way you make a living? That's the thing. I thought about this in a business sense too, right? It wasn't just about morals. Of course it was, because that's the kind of person I am. Um, but I'm never going to win them over, like ever. Yeah. So why am I wasting my time and energy, you know, trying to appease them when I don't agree with them? I don't want to, you know, even be associated with them at this point. And I felt like, listen, I, I need to make a statement because I've, I've kind of always been in the middle. You know, I've always been at odds, you know, with them. Right. But I've never publicly said, like, listen, I do not even like them. I don't want to be associated with them even. Um, and when I did that, when I finally spoke my truth, it just it just it went viral. It was like the first I've been doing this for 10 years. It's the first viral video I've ever had. Huh. It's funny, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> do, do you have any insight into what what happened? Why did this particular group of people get to take over this movement? I mean, why aren't uh, wiser voices prevailing? Um, I think I don't know how to answer that because I'm not sure. But what I think I think the uh, my friend Tim Pool, uh, he he runs a YouTube channel as well. I think he said it best. Um, I think it was in the UK where there was a group of, you know, progressives that were constantly storming any, anytime any, any, um, you know, females, you know, gathered at a space to discuss how these, uh, the trans rights or anything that was, you know, any laws that were changing to help trans people or LGBT people or whatever, they would gather and, and they would be like, okay, let's have a meeting to discuss how these new laws are going to affect us as women. The progressives would would charge the building. They would throw rocks. They would, you know, graffiti, you know, the library. It's like crazy shit like that. Hmm. Um, the people on the right don't usually do that. So I think it's a matter of like safety and just like just being like, OK, like we're, we don't want these people to come and harass us. So just shut them up and we'll just deplatform these people. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there, there's a, a YouTuber or, you know, a media person called Megan Murphy. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, she's based in Vancouver, uh, very much a feminist, um, not even in the I don't even know if you call it traditional way, but like she just believes that females are different than males, like plain, like simple. Right. Right. You would think that now these you can't even say that these days. Um, she she's more hated than I am at some point in some ways. And she doesn't even have like a tenth of the following. <laughs> And she she's gotten she's trying she tried she's tried to make um, things happen all over the world. And most of the time um, she'll do things, you know, she'll do free events um, at like libraries and even the library. Once they see the the, the negative connotation that's, you know, being is like, who the hell is going to go to a library? Libraries don't even make money. <laughs> and they're even like, we don't want to be associated with this person. We're so sorry. We didn't know she was this bad. First of all, she's not bad. But I think it's I think it's that they're bullies. And they have they have the time, which is true entitlement, right? Yeah. They have the time and effort, and maybe money, even in some cases, because they're you know. This is I, I only have time for one more question, but what I this yeah, is a, yeah. a weird moment. 
in which a guy like my friend Ben Shapiro, who's an Orthodox Jew and, and believes homosexuality is a sin, and another friend of mine, Dave Rubin, who is a gay guy, I think uh, an atheist, uh, are basically on the same side. Is there, right, right. is there a philosophy that is ultimately going to unite us? Is there something we all believe in that is going to make it possible for us to become a new, uh, um, a, a new group in, in of ourselves? Yeah, I think it's, I think we're all based on like the people that you just mentioned are, are logical. You know, we're, we're like, that's, yeah. that's the big, the biggest way to, that's the best way to say it. Um, you know, we have people these days saying that, you know, people that look like you can be lesbians. Like back in the day, we'd be like, ew, like, mm. how dare you call yourself a lesbian? You have not now all of a sudden, like, since, you know, gender is, is, you know, in the brain, which yes, I agree because there's, there's been studies that show that, um, you know, we're saying that you don't have to transition at all. You can just walk around saying that you're a woman and that you're a woman and it's in the law in, in some cases. And it's like, but that's not what the woman experience is. Like right. you're walk, you're being, you're being seen as a man. Yeah. You can, you can identify however the hell you want, but that's not true identity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is saying, listen, I identify this way. Everyone needs to treat me this way, including the law. And that's right. where I disagree. That's illogical. I have to stop you there. But Ariel Scarcel, thank you very much for coming on. Good luck. And I hope we get to talk again. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. All right. A final reflection, a final farewell to Chris Matthews over at MSNBC. He was he got canceled yesterday. Uh, he was recently came under attack for comments he's made over the years to women, basically complimenting them on their looks and making kind of flirty little comments. This is a guy who made flirty little comments about Barack Obama. So I don't know why <laughs> suddenly it was a problem. Yes, I do. Suddenly it was a problem because he was questioning the leftward drift of the Democrat Party because he was going after Bernie for his crazy talk about Castro and socialism uh, because he was questioning whether or not this was the way America really wanted to go. The rumor is that he went in and got scolded by NMSNBC, and then he went on the air and basically told them, eat this. And here it is. After conversation with MSNBC, I decided tonight will be my last hardball. So let me tell you why. The younger generations out there are ready to take the reins. We see them in politics, in the media, in fighting for their causes. They are improving the workplace. We're talking here about better standards than we grew up with, fair standards. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. We're never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. I'm very proud of the work I've done here. Long before I went on television, I worked for years in politics, was a newspaper columnist, an author, I'm working on another book. I'll continue to write and talk about politics and cheer on my producers and crew here in Washington and New York and my MSNBC colleagues. They will continue to produce great journalism in the years ahead. No! <laughs> He's gone. You know, I just want to comment briefly on this thing about you're not supposed to <clears throat> tell women they look nice. I pressed the button on my news app on my iPad. And here's some of the stories that just come up when you press the news app. Carrie Underwood shows jaw-dropping body and power kick boxing session. Kate Middleton arrives in Dublin in a whimsical green dress. Kylie Jenner and her BFF dance in their colorful bikinis. Emily Ratajkowski uh, lounges on bed in sensual yellow dress with flirty neckline. Of course, you can tell women they look nice. That's part of what the relationship between men and women. Yes, there are moments when it's inappropriate. And yes, there are ways in which it's inappropriate, but it's not a reason to cost a man a job. He was killed by a Me Too witch hunt, which was used for 
political purposes to silence a guy who was not far enough left. That is what happened. I know people who work with him. They all say he's a good guy. Obviously, I totally disagree with everything he thinks, but but that shouldn't have happened. It, 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 and by the way, it's an extra added disgrace. It's an extra added disgrace that's coming from MSNBC when, as I love to remind you, NBC is the company that killed the Harvey Weinstein story while they were protecting Matt Lauer. Okay, that's the people who say it was bad for him to say, oh, you're looking very nice today. That's NBC, killed the Harvey Weinstein story, fired the reporter who got the story while they were protecting Matt Lauer, who was grabbing everything in sight. Good for NBC. They finally cleared out the one guy who was telling people politely they look nice. I'm leaving for now, but I'll be back later on for Super Tuesday, the Super Tuesday show. It will go on into the wee small hours of the morning or until Ben kills over one or the other. <laughs> we'll be there and I'll be back tomorrow. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. On The Matt Walsh Show, we're not just discussing politics. We're talking culture, faith, family, all of the things that are really important to you. So come join the conversation.